Yo, it's the ultimate finesse of your girl's favorite wrestler. One half of the Impact World Tag Team Champions, Chris Bay. And you're watching and or listening to Count It Out. And it's just too sweet. You are listening to Count It Out with Mike and Tyler. Well, we are live, pals, and welcome to another edition of the Bill After Seal of Approved. Count it out with Mike is, Ty- Mike is Tyler. Mike and Tyler. I don't know. Fuck, it's been a while since we had to do a Mike proper introduction. Is Tyler. Uh, my <laughs> name is Tyler, and I am joined as always by the man whose am I name Mike? Am I Tyler? you will never forget the name of. <laughs> Mike. What's up, Mike Dust? <laughs> Man, uh, we're doing all right. Uh I needed this tonight. It's been a hell of a fucking week. Yeah, me too. I I, I I you know what? I hated not uh I needed it last week too, but uh I gotta say uh thank you so much to Gary and Michael Capetta because that interview is uh that's a benchmark for us, I think. Because <sighs> I don't know. I, I don't know if today's fans, if the casual fans know Capetta's work really well, but that means a fucking legend. Yes. And if you haven't gone back and listened to that interview from last week, please do so because there's not oftentimes I feel like, like, don't get me wrong, a lot of our interviews, I feel enlightened afterwards. I, I feel like we learned a lot of cool stuff. It's very rare, though, I feel like you and I sat under the learning tree. You know what I mean? And that's how I felt when we got off the line with Capetta. It was like, like, like that. Like that man is is just so full of wrestling knowledge. It's, it's insane. It was extra cool for me, too, towards the end of the interview when he started like talking to me, like giving me advice on ring announcing. Yeah. Because like Gary Capetta, like next to Howard Finkel, because obviously Finkel, like I'm a WWF guy as a kid and Finkel's the goat, obviously. But like Capetta was like my favorite announcer for a Capetta- long time. I, I've given a lot of thought to making a, a top seven announcers list, and it's going to be hard to be competitive for my number two spot, to be mm-hmm. perfectly honest. Yeah. I'm with you on that, man. I, I, I agree with that. Uh, do yourself a favor. Go back, uh, hit our hit hit up the YouTube page, subscribe if you could. That would be incredibly helpful. Uh, we've got a lot of big plans that we're trying to work on for this year, and and any subscribing will help with those plans and help us get to the next step that we want to get to. Um, but yeah, man, this Capetta thing was so cool. I had a great time, great stories about, he was the guy that when Mick Foley lost his ear, the referee a, handed him the ear. Like what a story. eh? What a unreal. story. Speaking uh, of stories though, there are a lot of big stories going on in the we, world of professional we, wrestling. We have some shit to talk about this. Yeah, week, man. I, I wow. don't want to waste any time. So let's start with WrestleMania build because I, right, think, yeah. I think that the other conversation we're going to get into, I, I don't know how it's going to go. So uh, you're scary. You said some things in our in our chat today that 
have me a little scared. Uh, okay, we'll get there. But yeah, <laughs> well, let's, let's, talk, start about, with let's WrestleMania. talk about WrestleMania here. So let's backtrack a little bit here. A couple weeks ago on SmackDown, Cody tells Roman that I will take your title, just not at WrestleMania. The Rock comes out. People are losing their minds. Some are excited. Some are pissed. Then the We Want Cody movement starts. Uh, it builds up to this incredible press conference that they did. I thought it was called the the the, the Cody Crybaby movement. The Cody Crybaby movement. We got I some touches that. of Hollywood rock, heel Hollywood yeah. rock back, which has been phenomenal. Um, coming out of this press conference, Cody has chosen Roman. The Rock is kind of left in limbo. Seth Rollins is kind of in the mix. Where where's your head at as we roll into WrestleMania season, Mike? I'm I'm loving how the how this whole thing panned out because you're going into this this press conference thinking okay we're setting up for Roman and Rock and that's what I was ready for and and when I mean ready for that's what I wanted I wanted Roman and Rock that that that's you know I'm not on this Cody movement I'm not um, nothing against Cody I just think this is the money match um, so if they would have done this almost any other way, they're what looked like backtracking. Cause they, they saw that, you know, a lot of people got pissed off. So they're like, okay, let's put Cody back in. If they would have done it any other way, I would have hated it. But the way they did it was so fucking genius with Cody, you know, like earlier that day or, or weekend, whatever rocks, rocks on the, um, what's Pat his name? McAfee. The Pat McAfee show. And just like you said, we're getting hints of heel rock. We're getting hints of Hollywood rock, but not not all the way yet. We're we're getting he's shooting on Cody, uh, uh, not even Cody's fans. He's shooting on the the Cody crybabies, but he's saying that he still loves Cody and he still loves Cody's fans, just not these vocal minority internet douchebags. Great. I mean, Triple H cut the same sort of promo about ten years ago. It, it, you know, you know, we, we we get that that that's that was a smart move on Rock's part. Then we get to the press conference, and I do—I don't think anybody expected what we saw because Cody comes out and he's showing respect to Rock, but then he's—he's he's cutting his promo on on Roman, and, and he's saying, you know, if your grandfather could see you, and if his grandfather could see you, he'd be ashamed. And that's when things fucking turn. And when the Rock says, "Let's get something straight," when you talk about his family, you're talking about my family. Now we have a problem. And then he smacked the taste into Cody's mouth. That changed everything. That changed WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. That changed that that changed the entire build going forward. There's a few things I love about it. There's a few things I'm not too happy about because I, I can see where we're going. Um, obviously, I think we're leading to a night one tag team match that I don't like. I don't want to see that. I don't. I, I, there's there's ways to do it, but not the way I think they're going to do it. Um, but. Uh, Here's a question for for you. This is sort of a side note, but it's involved. You, in the last, let's say, two years, have been very critical of AEW for their use of uh, profanity on their program. Yes. How do you you feel right now about Rock's constant um, F-bombs being thrown around? Is it the same as AEW? (laughs) Do you feel a little bit differently? I actually thought that this added Mm -hmm. because of the way they did it. And, uh, and yeah. here's why I say that. Number one, you never see that stuff on WWE television. No. Number two, 98% of it was censored. Yes. Number three, it didn't feel 
forced or shock value like that like family that, guy that, it's, that it's backstage, family guy that backstage part where where hunter's talking and he's like man the, uh, you know there's a whole lot of tension there's a whole lot of stress and then you hear the rock from behind going there's a whole lot of bullshit yeah that that felt so lit. like if you I, told me right now that was that, that that was a shoot that that wasn't supposed to happen i'd believe you like, I, that's I how, that's feel how, like that's how good that was. I feel like it was kind of a little bit forced with Seth. He's like, you can't just fucking come in here. Like, yeah. And I want to talk about Seth's involvement I feel, I feel in this like, right now. I feel like Seth has been dying to play this role since Survivor Series. I don't, you know, like, this is, and I, when I, this is going to sound bad, and I, I don't mean it to because I think Seth Rollins is one of the best things in the WWE right now. But, on that stage, piece. on that stage, one of these things just ain't like the other. Yeah. And I I just have a hard time with this persona that Seth has mm. being involved in this storyline. I could not agree with you more. Um, especially like on Raw. And, and Bully Ray said this too, and I really agreed with it. You know, yeah, you want to come out and dress funny or whatever. Like, I get it. But like, you're coming out prancing and laughing and smiling like... No, we need like serious Seth Rollins for this. If you're gonna, we need the, put we, him need, in. we we don't need the Monday Night Messiah right now. We need the architect. Yes, and he we he's... need and, and th- this is where, um, talking to Adam, he had an idea, and I and I and I'd be okay with this if they were gonna change Seth's conversation. Where do you go with you know the WrestleMania build? Who does what? Stuff like that. So Somebody I have I have some fantasy booking actually. As do I. I'd like to put on you. Yeah, for sure. Elimination Chamber. I Mm. would. I would do the tag team match there. Or, or it is, but yes. Or you not at WrestleMania. You could even make that a six man tag if you wanted, and throw an USO on each side. Sure. Right. Whatever. I don't care. Either way. I like that. I like that. During that tag team match, though, I would have The Rock pin Cody. Yeah. And then. I would have The Rock say, I beat you. Why do you get the title match? And at night one of WrestleMania, I would do The Rock versus Cody with the winner getting Roman. This, I've been saying that since this whole build started going. I agree with you. Um, You made a great point, and I kind of wish they were going down this road um, because of this fact. Off air, you, you, you brought something to my attention. If this was the road they were to go, this would be the fourth decade in a row where the WrestleMania build was, was three men for the title. WrestleMania 10, WrestleMania 20, WrestleMania 30, and now WrestleMania 40. Mm-hmm. They, they, you you, you kind of have to hit that. You have I wouldn't, to. I wouldn't hate the three-way or four-way match. I wouldn't hate it if they went yeah. with that. But I, I just feel like it's more impactful for Cody to beat Roman one-on-one. I think Cody has um, to beat Roman one-on-one. Adam had a good idea of, you know, if you if you had to do something with Rock Knight One, he said, why don't you put because they they've been really um teasing this Rock and Triple H feud. Obviously, Triple H can't wrestle. That that, 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 that thank you. Uh, so you put you put Rock and Seth in the ring, you put Triple H in his corner mm-hmm. as, as a mentor or whatever. He's already been Triple H's protege in the past and stuff. But if you're going to do it. Get rid of the, as Roman would say, get rid of your wife's shoes. Uh, you know, get rid of the, the outfits. The Monday Night Messiah, whatever character you're doing right now, has to go. You have to be the architect. You have to be 
um that that sick manipulative prick that you were in 2000 what was it 12 uh you 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 got to go back to that the thing i worry about with rock and seth is that i don't think that seth will gain anything from it i think the rock will eat him alive uh in the build to mania because seth just gives the rock too much to work with and and seth is great on the mic but he's not on that level and not many people are, so that's not a knock on Seth, but the I, I think that the Rock would eat him alive. Depends on if they go. Depend, the, depends how much room he has on his tape to write his promos. I don't know. We'll see. Fair, fair. Now that being <laughs> said, if they do go with a tag team match at night one of Mania, it's not the worst thing on the planet. It protects Seth. His knees bummed out, right? Of, I'm not a fan of it. His his knees hurt. Um, yeah. You know, you got to think that we could see a money in the bank cash in looming somewhere. Like, there's a lot. There's a lot you could do with that, right? You you could have that tag match going on and and have a money in the bank cash in during that tag match. Like, I I don't know. There's a lot of lot of ways you can go with it. Um, WWE is they're they're. Can I give you a little bit of fantasy booking here? Yeah. And when I say fantasy, I mean fantasy because it can't happen unless somehow. Triple H is able to broker a deal with with with, with Tony Khan himself. It's not happening. Oh God, it's not coming. I know he's not coming, but this is but this is why I call fantasy booking. This is how I would like to see it go out. Tell me how cool this would be, okay? You have, uh, yeah, yeah, you, you have Cody and uh, and I, I don't know. Uh, you have Rock, Rock and Roman saying that they're uh, they're going to take on Cody and, and a partner, whatever. Fine. Somehow they introduce it's Dustin Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes comes out. This is for Elimination Chamber, by the way, because I don't want this at Mania. They set up this tag match between the two. Then at Elimination Chamber, it's noted by The Rock and Roman. It doesn't matter if you bring your brother or not, because you'll always be outnumbered. We're the Samoan dynasty. Look who's behind us. Look how many people we have solo. We have we have Jimmy. We have you know the the wise man, and we have hundreds of of legends behind us. This is this is a, my family. You can't beat the Samoan dynasty. You can't beat the bloodline. You don't have anybody. You have your brother. Big deal. You have no family left. And after that, tugboat comes out. Oh, oh I'm his family. God. Why not? Right. And, D- and DDP. And DDP Glacier. I forgot about Glacier. <laughs> you know, all the all these guys who were Magnum TA comes out and he's wearing the fucking fur coat. And he says, you know, Dusty was like a brother to me. Yeah, I'm family. Nobody they, get that. I'm just telling you. This is hey, my listen, this is why I call it fantasy. Listen, I'm not done yet. I'm the not second done yet. that fucking tugboat yet. comes out, everyone's like, oh the fucking tugboat, yet. man. What's I'm his name, Mike? Yet. What's his name? <laughs> fuck you fuck you and danny uh <laughs> dick um you know it goes on like that until finally both um triple h and seth rollins come out and with them every one of desi's nxt kids all just fucking coming out and filling up the stage just making this really cool fucking moment and dustin and fucking cody said yeah we don't have family fuck you and then they go I think that'd be such an awesome fucking moment. I absolutely hate everything about that. I hate you. <laughs> I hate it. I'm sorry. Got I fucking tugboat. 
It's like, what is this? Like your Avengers Infinity War moment? Like, it's fucking, this is touching. It's fucking family. Talk about family. Go get him, Jinder Mahal. <laughs> nah, fuck you. This is gold. Get gold, him. I tell you. Get him, Jerry. Adam. Gold. Get him, Adam Rose. <laughs> All right. Let's move fucking on. Uh, what do you want to talk about? Feel you want to talk about um, I, I want to get I want to get to the TNA stuff, but before we do that, because uh, it's going to take a bit, I, I want to quickly tell you I watched a match a couple days ago. Um, I got a front runner for my match of the year. I know it's February. Okay, so I, I've heard there's been a couple okay. front runners for match of the year already this year, and I hope you get a chance to watch it. <laughs> Just clear an hour of your day. It's a long match. Is this the cage match from New Japan? I watched the cage match from New Japan. And I have heard mi- I've heard very mixed reviews about this match. Well, I've heard it's either the greatest match on the planet or shit. Yeah. <laughs> like depending on Yeah, but who the people calling it shit are those guys who listen to fucking uh Jim Cornette's podcast too much and they're like, oh mud, mud show outlaw, blah blah blah. No. Fucking great match. Um, it was a great send off for Will. It was a great showing for uh for, for the United uh Empire. I loved everything about it. Just loved it. But it brings me to a question. Almost eleven years in, seven different incarnations at this point, like like literally right now. Are we do you think it's time to Maybe cut the cord on fucking Bullet Club. Yeah, I think it was time to cut the cord on Bullet Club like three years ago, man. We like, talked about like, this on the like, show. Like we're literally, this is literally like like I'm watching this fucking Bullet Club. I can't even remember the name of them. Fucking With Paw Billy Patrol. Gunn, uh, Billy Gunn, uh, and is Billy uh, Gunn in the Bullet Club now too? Well, Fuck it's like me. it's like the Bullet Club and the um. Matt and the Acclaim and Billy Gunn. I can't remember their stupid well, long well, the, name. This, this one on the New Japan show, it's, it's led by uh, the fucking David Finley. Or, yeah, yeah. Uh, did not David. Is it David Finley? Yeah, David Finley. Yeah, he David took Finley. over He took over when Jay White left. Oh, okay. And, oh, whoops. Um, whoa, are you there? Yeah. What happened? I don't know. I'm here. That's why you Uh-oh. shouldn't push buttons. I don't have time to edit tonight, Mike, so you better get your shit together. I... I know, I just can't find you. Well, I'm here. <laughs> I can't see you. What did you What's... do? You know what? There were, I get, there were... I... Hold on. There you are. Found you. There were crumbs on my fucking keyboard, so I wiped them off and something happened. Well, you're getting um, counted, anyways, out yes. on, counted out raw and uncut tonight, folks, because there's no time to edit that out. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, this fucking uh, whatever Finley's, like, this, they got this like army... Uh, uh, motif going on. It's like fucking Bullet Club Paw Patrol or something. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, then you have the, what, the gold and black or something. And then you have the, it, it's too much, too yeah. much going on. Um, I think it's time. I, I, I love the Bullet Club, but I think it's time to put this dog down. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, with no Gallows, Anderson, Kenny, Bucks, like, yeah, that's the Bullet Club. You know what yeah. I mean? That's that's the elite. That's whatever. Speaking of that, did you hear about all this talk about the Darby Allen promo on AEW this week? I heard that maybe he went into business for himself, somebody said, but I, 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 don't I know. haven't I, didn't, I, didn't I haven't got a chance to find the clip yet, but apparently okay. like he he basically put over Cody on okay. the show. 
He was like, oh, yeah. he's like, you hire all your friends, and the only good EVP left, and the whole arena started chanting Cody. Oh, like, yeah. why are we putting over the other show? What? Why does AEW do anything? <laughs> You want to know something funny? Okay, here's a question. Before we get to DNA, I have, I have some uh, numbers for you, and I want you to to see in your mind what what can be done with the with the, with this. Some numbers came out, and this is this is real. This isn't just made up bullshit from like the churches or something. This is, these are real numbers. Okay, the ratings of Dynamite are down thirty one percent compared to two thousand and twenty one, which is probably one of their better years. Right. Mm-hmm. The ticket sales of AEW uh, Dynamite are averaging 2.3 uh, 2.3 uh, K in 2024. Um, it was about five and a half in 2021. Pay per view sales are down 15. percent Warner Brothers is not looking to renew his contract with AEW. AEW is not looking good after five years. Mm-hmm. Um, what can be done to salvage AEW right now? Um, like I like it's 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 obviously not even close to time to put a bullet in it. No. But what can be what can be done to to save this 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 company before it gets too low? Step one: smaller venues. Yes, agreed. Step two: get rid of half of the shows. Mm-hmm. We don't need three AEW shows. No, we don't. Step step three, cut your buy, roster. Step three, buy big little brawlers because you can't compete with the midgets. <laughs> They're literally getting outdrawn by that show. I know. I love step that. step four, cut your roster. Yeah. Step five, put Ring of Honor to sleep. It's not working. Agreed. It's not agreed. Working. Well, what's what's their main storyline right now? It's like fucking Johnny Nitro and Darby Allen, and it's and it's Dud. Uh, it's Dalton Castle, it's I think. Dud. Oh, sorry, did I say Darby Allen? I meant Dalton Castle. I, it's, I and, and it's a Dud. It's not where there's no. It's just on YouTube. Like, what's the point to have this yeah. company running just on YouTube? It's not. Um, yeah, but I, it's just like there's no consistency. There's it's just flat right now. Everything and, about it's can flat. I be on, can, can I be honest with you? I hate, like, I know this is not what I said at the end of last year, because I didn't, this is not my mindset at the end of last year, but the way things are going now in the last, let's say, six, seven weeks, I don't like where they're going with Edge. I think, I no, it's boring. I don't, I think Edge is doing some of the worst, worst stuff of his career at the moment. The thing, like, he he, he came in on fire, he came in on fire, he was doing some great stuff at first, but now he's fizzled completely out. The thing that I've noticed with uh, with Adam Copeland, I will I will try to wrap my head around that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've noticed this with a lot of people that leave the WWE. Um, he doesn't feel cool anymore. He feels like kind of a dorky dad. Yeah, like I get he that. he's doing like I, I watch him like I watch a couple of clips of his match with Garcia. And like he started doing the Garcia dance, so that's great. But then he started doing like this, like, like Norman Smiley, like ass slap thing yeah. at the end. And I'm like, dude, like that's like you look dorky doing that. Like, yeah, um, you know, he's having fun, and I love to see that. But and that's I find, fantastic. I find but... it might be a little bit, and I know this is crazy because for years we're like the talent needs more freedom. Sometimes yeah. they don't need that much freedom. 
You know, that's that's like but Agreed. I, I just feel like there's no buddy in charge of AEW. Like the guys can just kind of go out and do whatever well, they want on there. Tony, and, Tony's too busy with his Twitter account. Like, oh, it's terrible. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm not not happy with what AEW is doing. TNA, I think, is the far superior promotion right. to them. I think they're the number Let's, two promotion. I couldn't agree with you more, but let's talk about TNA because I want to get to the list. Um, I'm scared to have this conversation with you because up until about 12 hours ago, I thought you and I were on the same page. We are and we aren't. Okay. So let's break it down. Anybody who hasn't heard for some reason, um, it was a little less than a week ago. It was announced. Scott Demore has been let go by Anthem from TNA. He is no longer the president of TNA. He, uh, uh, they have replaced him with. I'm very sorry, I can't remember the guy's name. Anthony something. Yeah, Anthony something. Or... Um, Anthony Cerulli. I uh, honest to God, <laughs> it's something close to that. When I first read that, I thought Santino Morello was in charge of, of Impact or TNA. Oh, no, no, that that that's Anthony Corelli. Anthony Cerulli is our former. <laughs> yeah he's our, no but i thought it was santino like oh, I, I was okay. like I, I that's what i was trying to say there is i actually thought santino morello was in charge of tna wrestling for real <laughs> um so they brought in somebody from anthem with absolutely no wrestling experience whatsoever mm-hmm. uh with the idea that apparently this guy from what i'm hearing apparently this guy helped garner the deal between tna and and wwe for for the royal rumble yeah um, from what uh, i heard this guy was like um he he used to work for the score, I think. Yes, yeah, he used to be a VP for the score. Um, so he's got, you know, sports knowledge. He's got production knowledge. I guess he knows how to run TV to a an extent. But you can run TV. That doesn't mean necessarily mean you can run a wrestling promotion. Um, I I don't know. I'm I at this point in time. Listen, all you people saying. Well, fuck it. Um, you want to fuck Scotty over like that? I'm out. I'm not watching TNA anymore. I'm not going to be part of that party, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm not willing to help destroy everything Scott worked on for the last five years. The people Scott put in their places are still in those places. And until TNA gives me a reason to no longer watch the product, I'm going to continue to watch the product. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, um. With that said, who knows? Maybe we're wrong. Maybe we maybe this guy could come in and do something really cool with this promotion. We don't know. With that said, you have a man in Scott Demore who came back to TNA after not being around for a while, came back to Impact Wrestling after not being around for a bit, and he took this failing, got dead promotion. That thing was on its last fucking legs after. Hulk Hogan, Dixie Carter, uh, Billy Corgan, uh, Eric Bischoff, all these people took so many fucking shits on this company, left it for dead. There's no way this thing should have been resuscitated. Scott Demore and Don Callis come in. Thank you for mentioning that name. And they revitalized this product into, into what we see now. Some of the best storytelling some of the best wrestling one of the best rosters definitely the best women's division and we've said this a thousand times just like a counted out it's the best program you're not watching 
Absolutely. Um, and was that because Anthem wasn't giving him any money? Anthem owns their own television company, so they're like, oh, just be on our channel. Well, nobody watches your channel. So th- th- there's a problem there. But Scott did the best he could. Scott knew what venues to run. He knew how to promote those venues. He knew who to run with. He knew who to hire, who to who to utilize. Scott did everything right for the last five, six years. Well, not everything. And for him to be pulled out like this, I think is a fucking disgrace. Um, apparently, he made a very viable, um, considered offer to buy the company. And then and and they decided to to not go that way and let him go instead. The last thing I will mention before I hear your piece on this is today it was released that the 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 TNA roster has put out a public letter back. No, it wasn't public. It got leaked. Oh, it got leaked. I didn't know that. Yeah. But they wrote a letter. They wrote a letter to Anthem on behalf of the roster saying, listen, we understand that this is a business. We have nothing but respect for the people that run Anthem. We have nothing but respect for Anthem. But you fucked up. (laughs) We love Scott, and and we don't agree with your decision. In my entire life, Dan, I don't ever remember seeing a company with a roster that dedicated to somebody that they would go that far for that. And I think that's a fucking beautiful thing. Um, all right. So I agree with things that you say, and I disagree with things that you say a little bit. Um, first things first, nothing but love for Scott Demore. He really did an incredible job of making people give a shit about impact slash TNA again. Mm-hmm. Wasn't just him. There's a whole fucking oh, there was a team. And bunch Scott of would, people behind Scott him. Scott would never say it was just 100%, him. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. But let's call a spade a spade here. Scotty was the guy with the vision. 100%. Unfortunately, his vision of what he wanted for TNA and Anthem's vision for what they wanted with TNA were different. Right? He wanted them to spend more money. They didn't want to spend that much more money. Well, basically, he came them, down to if we're, we're going to spend this much money, then we want our own guy handling said money. He wanted them to go to a different network. Yeah. They don't want to do that. And they own their own network, so I get it. Well, then get people to watch it. Well, I mean, in this day and age, where learn, we are... Learn a lesson. There, there used to be this company called Sinclair Media. Learn, learn a lesson from their fuck up. Well, they were bleeding money, though. I don't think TNA is bleeding money anymore. Hmm. But in this day and age, they they can utilize, if they want to stay on a small network, they they can still get their product out there. It's not going to, it's not going to be, you know, as big as WWE or, or no, whatever. No. No, it's it's certainly probably neck and neck and it, with A and W right now, and it probably won't even be as big as it once was. It probably won't be what it yeah. was in two th- in two thousand ten. They they could probably get pretty close to that, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, but 
that Spike TV deal was a huge deal. They had the yeah, the, the lead in from the Ultimate Fighter or vice versa. Like mm-hmm. that was a different time period, right? Yeah. There's so much wrestling on cable TV right now as it is that yeah. even if they got a better deal, I don't know if it's going to be like it would be better for them, I guess. But it's not going to. I don't think it'd be the big game changing move that they want it to be either. Mm-hmm. Like like yeah, you know their network sucks, but it's their network, so it saves them a lot of money also, right? Like from a business standpoint, I get why they are doing what they're doing. But then he makes I, a power. Then he makes a play to to try to buy TNA, and they considered it. And at the end of the day, it comes down to the word that I hate, but it's the cold hard truth: business. I'm, for, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with that for Anthem. But this is it, a bad business move. Well, not for Anthem. It wasn't. That, we don't know that. That that's yet to be seen. Scott. Um, it's been this, it's it's been less than a week. We don't know if it was a bad move or not. This letter too that the talent wrote, like I admire it, but I don't know, man. It's not really their place to do that either. You're goddamn right, it is. They have Why? every right to do that. Why they're contracted talent? Like I get yeah. it. They're they have every right to voice their opinion. Of course they do, but like talk to people. I don't know. I don't understand this whole letter thing. Like. I think it's a beautiful thing and I love seeing the support for Scotty, but at the end of the day, like the big bosses made a decision and there's well, a let's let's be honest about that. You said it was leaked. I, I call bullshit on that. This was always gonna be a media this was always meant for people to see. Well, in that if they, that's they, the case, they, then they, I they, say shame want, on the talent. They they probably want us to believe it was leaked, but I, I'm gonna call bullshit on that. If that's the case, I say shame on the talent then. I think it's a bad look. Yeah. Like I, I, I personally don't have a problem with it. If it was if it was intentionally put out there for the public to see, I have a big problem with that. If it got leaked, shit happens, I get it. But like that, that's an in-house matter that should be addressed in-house. We don't need to know about this. Yeah. You know, I get I, I get the loyalty to Scotty and, and he earned every bit of that respect, but at the end of the day, all the talent is signed to contracts that Athena uh, Anthem pays the bill for and go out there and perform to the best of your ability. Cause that's what Scotty would want. Now I agree with that. And I think that's what we will see. If I start seeing people refuse to work or, or, or start like, you know, fucking around because, because, you know, out of a, a protest or something like that, I'll be on your side. They'll be like, okay, this is bullshit. I heard Moose is not happy. I heard that too. And he has every right not to be happy. But at the end of the day, you have two options. Go out and do just, I'm going to take your words right out of your mouth. Go out and do the best, do your job to the best of your ability or go put in your resignation. I have issues at my own work right now. Okay. Every day I go to work and I, and I tell myself I have two options. This could either be another work day where I go in and I do my best or this is the day I quit. There's no in between. There's no half-assing it. There's no bullshit. There's no, well, I'm just going to go in, fucking phone it in. I, I, I'm i not wired like that. I know you're not wired. I give you I give you a hard time about not being a hard worker and all, but I, I, I just bust your balls. I know you're not, I know you're not wired about like that. It's either you go in and you do your fucking job or you resign. So if I was to find out tomorrow that Moose decided you know what? Fuck you guys. I'm out. Respect. 
because you you stood up for what you believe in and you did something about it. But if he goes in and refuses to uh, to 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 work or you know anything like that, well, that's horseshit. Um, you know, kind of like what Brock Lesnar did the first time that the, the Vince retired. Yeah, you know that that there's no room for that bullshit. I, I and, like at the end at the end of the day, at the end of the day, um, Scotty and Athena or Anthem, sorry, they weren't on the same. You're obsessed with Athena today. Yeah, I don't know why I keep saying that. I I don't know, <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, they weren't on the same page, and they made a business decision. And let's you know, as, it, is, it is what it is. Unfortunately, as an Impact fan, as a TNA fan, as a as a person who has gone very public on this show in the last four years to say that it is my favorite product my favorite promotion it is the promotion i watch the most it's the only promotion I, I watch on a regular basis i am trepidatious and a tad scared of the future for Me too. because i because scott because scotty was a big part of the reason i loved the program mm-hmm. and we felt that when you and i went to sacrifice that scotty's presence was felt well also windsor was you know, like that's his yeah but 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 like scotty's not just you know the president of the company scott scotty was in the trenches scotty's yeah. on the floor scotty's the man here's so, a different take on this though and you know for everything that scotty was and i'm just speculating here so please don't take my words seriously but for everything that scotty was for the talent and and the public for mm-hmm. tna we don't know what he was like to deal with on the corporate side. No, we don't. And, he could have been a he could have been a pain in the ass and, uh, in clear, ass for years. And, and clearly, and that fi- might be the, that might be the case. And they might have just said, "Well, you know, we're done here." We don't know, but and I don't think we will know. The, the future is bright for Scotty. I I don't think we I, I, really, I really hope I I really hope so. There, there's a, so much we could we could see from Scotty. So much potential. Let's just mark down a couple of things that we could possibly see. All right. Number one, it's a long shot, but let's be honest. Chris Park, Petey Williams, and Jeremy Borash are all in the office of WWE. It's not a long shot at all. I don't think. They, I think I think they would be loving to have Scott tomorrow. Those guys, saying. those guys getting in, getting into the ear of Triple H and saying, Hey, you need you need Scotty in here. Scotty working in NXT with Shawn Michaels would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, even Scotty working even on the Raw brand or, or the SmackDown brand, he he would be an asset. Uh, put him on the creative team, put him anywhere because Scotty's a man of so many different coats. Um, my buddy Matt made a point, and this kind of counters your point. This kind of goes against what you said earlier about pulling the plug on, on on ROH, but maybe he could revive it. Uh, they said put him in charge of ROH. I wouldn't be against that because if anybody if anybody can be Viagra for a dying promotion. Scotty's got that that the, the proof is in the pudding right there, right? You think you think Scotty he'd have that, that in him again to want to do that? I don't know. I'd be so I defeated. I'd be like, oh, right? fuck, just put I, me on I, something established. I agree with that. Then there's Border City Wrestling. There's this promotion that he he's had for years, and and it was gone for a while, and it's slowly coming back. He's been doing some shows in the last year or two. Maybe he just says, you know what? I'm going to go and run a company and maybe we, maybe we have, you know, some success. Maybe they go from that being that little indie to something a little bit bigger. They won't be big, but maybe they could be GCW big. You know what I mean? So he could do something with, with, with border city. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a lot Scotty could do. I don't think Scotty's done with professional wrestling. No. I think it would be wrestling's loss if Scotty decided to leave the wrestling business right now. No, we'll see. Scotty's not done yet. And and who knows? Maybe Scotty does find his way back into TNA too. The door might not be shut there. You never know. You never Speaking know. There, of, there could be a room. There could be room for him at least at the creative table. Speaking of TNA wrestling, be sure to catch TNA wrestling superstar, the wild child Jody Threat at Barry Wrestling on March the second for their one hundredth show. Yeah, baby. Just saying. <laughs> All right. Speaking of TNA, um, our uh, the honoree of our list uh, did some time in TNA. It was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what was his name in TNA? Um, was it Black Rain? Black Rain. Meow, meow, meow. <laughs> we That's, are doing... Okay, wait. I know I tell you to watch this show all the time and you haven't got into oh, it yet. Oh, here we go. OSW, OSW reviews. reviews. They did a whole story arc on Black Rain. That's, and it's that's phenomenal. It's actually incredible, and they just sing a they, song I, all the time. I did watch a couple of their shows. They really love old TNA. Eh? Oh, they are huge TNA guys. Yeah, right yeah. now they're doing. Uh, they're in the middle of doing the main event mafia uh, story arc. Yeah, and it's so funny. Like it's absolutely hilarious. In uh, inspired by my apparently horrible fantasy booking from earlier. Um, this is where I decided to, to come up with my list today. Can, right? I, I, was thinking... can I correct you for a second? Yeah. You used the word apparently there. <laughs> I'd just like it. you to take that word out and just let's just stick with horrible. If we could, <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, the idea of Dustin Rhodes being involved in this storyline is what inspired my, um, my list today. Dustin, I think is one of the most we, we use this word probably too much on this show, but he is one of the most underrated talents in the history of WWE. Um, he's one of my favorite Intercontinental Champions. Huh? Um, I think we dropped the ball by not heavily mentioning him on your um, on your tag team list. On, he's on your a best lot of tag good team partners. List. Um, I, I might have to disagree a little bit with you on the underrated he, part, though. He, he's one of the... When I say underrated, I, I, I don't mean... I mean underrated in the way that William Regal is underrated. Under uh, William Regal is well-respected. Nobody has a fucking bad word to say about his work. But when you talk about people, the name gets forgotten. And I think that's the same as with Goldust. I, I think he's, like, perfect word. Like, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to disagree a little bit. I, I think that, like... I think he's one of the best. Now, now, everybody knows how big of a fan I am of the new generation era goldust was one of the things that made that that generation work mm. that like, like gold dust was one of the best things going in 1996 and 1997 absolutely by far and he was fucking over when he started uh get, getting getting into the wrestlemania 13 build when when he turned face and uh, he started working with hunter man over like fucking rover. Yeah, he got himself over a couple you know, times. You know, move move him into the situation with the Heart Foundation, and they love that guy. Um, and then you know, move on. You know, later in his career, the stuff he did with Booker, people love that. When he had Tourette's, uh, that was not Tourette's. Uh, <laughs> well, might as well have been Tourette's. Yeah, yeah. And then move on the stuff he did with his brother Cody. Um, both both the stuff he did with Cody and the stuff he did with Stardust. The guy knows how to get over. Um, his personal demons, I think, is what kept him kept him behind. 
uh, because in the beginning of his career, his career was basically for the first two years of being in WWE, his career was mirroring, mirroring that of triple H. Yeah. But you know, triple H, yeah, had so. his eye on the Triple H had his eye on the prize, and uh, Dustin had his eye on a bag of something. Well, and don't forget too all the incredible work he did before he even got to the WWE. Well, we'll 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 be getting there, bud. We'll be getting there. He was just a natural, uh, you the, know, the natural, the natural. So my list today, yeah, is so the break top it, seven matches. Yeah, break this down. The top seven matches of Dustin Rhodes, and I do mean Dustin Rhodes. We're going Dustin's full career, um, not just Gold Dust. We're doing the natural. We're doing seven. <laughs> oh God. We're doing Black Rain. We are doing what I consider to be his best matches. Obviously, the number one the, the number one piece of criteria is in ring work. Uh, which I don't even think you can agree with me here. Dustin's gonna have no problem with. Dustin's yeah, he's a fantastic. Hell, Dustin's a hell of a hand. He's also teaming up uh, as you listen to this tonight and uh, on AEW with Ross and Marshall Von Eric, which I think is a cool little. Oh, team. I like that. Cool. Second is entertainment value because I think he's one of the most entertaining storytellers in, in, in probably at least the nineties. You know what I mean? Um, especially his initial Goldust run, like ninety six to ninety nine, uh, ninety six ninety eight. Maybe not the artist formerly known as shit, but but that was a different kind of entertainment, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> bro. But 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 that initial run with with the ambiguous character when when he was uh you know the the mind fucked character the you know the stuff he did with uh the stuff he did with uh Undertaker was really good. Mm-hmm. The stuff he did with Roddy Piper, the stuff he did with R- Razor Ramon, Ahmed Johnson, that early heel stuff was fantastic. Then you go to and his his stuff with mankind uh, and Vader to an extent. Then you go into that uh, into, into his face run, and he just does some great stuff with Hunter, uh, with Jerry the King Lawler. Uh, you, you know, and then moving moving forward, he, he has he has a short but decent run with the Intercontinental Title. I, Pillman, I, I, Pillman, his stuff with Pillman. Was oh, really his good. stuff with Pillman was fantastic. So those are my number two. It, it, it's it's in ring. And it's uh, and it's entertainment. It, the match has to, even if it's not the best, you know, in ring stuff you've ever seen. Which I think only one match on my list even qualifies as that. To be perfectly honest, um, it, 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 as long as it gets you off your feet, and there's one more piece of criteria: if it did something for his career, because we're gonna. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that as as justification for one of my matches. If it was entertaining and good enough that it pushed his career up a bit, that's that's got to be talked about. Yeah, I gotta ask then for one spoiler. Okay, what number is the blacktop bully in the back of the eighteen wheeler truck? Um, let me see. I mean, if you're talking, I, I don't have a dictionary. I if don't you're... think you know what the word entertainment entertainment means. Well, no, but if you're talking about <laughs> importance for his career, that's your number one. <laughs> because if he doesn't get fired from WCW, he's he never gold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. 
All right. Well, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see where this list goes. I've got I, a I, handful of matches. You, you in might my hate mind. my list. I, I don't know. You might I hate mostly, my list. Most of the times I do, but yeah. no, no, your list has been pretty good the last little while. My, my Let's see if you remember almost... how to do one, by the way. It's been a while. You know how you and I always say that number seven is the hardest spot? Yeah. I, I have is, a number seven in my head too. So this is this is the hardest number seven I've ever had. Yeah, yeah. ever, yeah. ever. One through six were easy, easy. I had eight contenders for my for my number seven spot, and what I chose, <laughs> I chose basically because of what it did for his career in my mind, and the fact that it's probably my favorite match he ever did, even though it's definitely not his best match. It's just one of my favorites. So I had to pick that because I couldn't pick out of the other seven. I couldn't pick. So I picked this. I kind of, maybe you're going to say I phoned it in for my number seven because I couldn't just pick out of the group. But my number seven is WrestleMania 12 and it's Roddy Piper versus Goldust in the backlot brawl. I thought this was going to be like in your number five or four spot, to be honest. Um, When we get down there, I I, I think you'll understand why. I, th- I just think, there's so many great matches in his career. This match is, I don't, because this is not a good match. This is not a great match. This is an important match, though. I don't know. I think this match gets slept on a little bit because of the car chase shenanigans on it. But that that, actual, that, 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 that definitely takes down a few grades. That actual backlot brawl part, though, is great. violent, man. And this it is, is long before... Violent. I want people to remember this is March of two thousand, uh, March of nineteen ninety six. There's no blood in WWE. There's no sex in WWE. There's no, um, there's no such thing as cinematic matches. That that term won't come around for another twenty years. However, I count this as one of the first, if not the first, cinematic match. Yeah, because they because they they filmed this thing in a couple days around California. And then at the end of the match, so you have that, the groundbreaking cinematic aspect of it. You have the fact that you brought up that it's so violent. It is so very violent. It's way more violent than 90, 1996 would allow usually. And then at the end, they rip Goldust's clothes off and there's this man standing there in women's lingerie. Puppies. And you, you don't see that in 1996 nope. at all. I mean, I don't see that now. Maybe I'm biased, but Roddy Piper is my my my, my favorite wrestler. So maybe I'm just like it's Roddy. I got to put him in. But Roddy helped elevate Goldust to the next level. And this was supposed to be Razor too. It was it was 100 <laughs> supposed to be Razor. Then Razor did he leave yet? Or no, he was, in, he, he was he, suspended or something. He magically got suspended. Yeah, because he put but his he was on his way in. out. Right. Yeah, he put okay. his notice in, so they fucked him on his Mania payday. Yeah, which is weird because didn't Kevin also put his notice in? I think Kevin put his notice in shortly after. Shortly after Mania or yeah. after Scott? Short, shortly after Scott. Oh, okay. I think Kevin was already... But but Scott, I think, legitimately failed the piss test. Yeah, okay. But So did, I, I honestly thought you might have a problem knowing how many matches no, I, this, I can't put on my list. This would be I on my list. I thought you'd have a problem. Yeah, that's awesome. I would, I would have more of a problem if it was not on your list. This is one um, of his most memorable matches of his career. I, I looked at five other lists. This did not make anybody else's list. Well, that's why they're not the best list show in the mm. fucking history of podcasts. My number six might be a deep cut. I don't even know if you would put it on your list because I don't know if you remember it happened. 
but it happened in our backyard right here in Toronto. I actually uh, thought so this it, was going to be your number seven. I said, okay, September 9th, 2013. This is Goldust's return to the company after, I want to say, three years. I don't know how long, but yeah. I, I want to say three years. He comes back. Uh, they did this angle where Cody got fired. And Goldust comes back and says, hey, if I can beat Randy Orton, then you got to give Cody his job back. And they went and had a fucking match, man. Yes, they did. It, this was and, a great match. And I, I want to say that if the rumors are true, Goldust, was, this was supposed to be a one-off. Mm-hmm. And his match with Randy was so good that they're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And they kept him around for a I feel like for that's happened like 20 times with him in the WWE. Also. Yes, 100%. Yeah. I, he even made mention of that in a promo before this match with Renee Paquette. Yeah, this is a great match. It's a great story. Um, it's uh, R- R- Randy's getting ready to go. I can't remember what the pay-per-view was, but he's getting ready to to go defend his title against uh, um, Daniel Bryan. And he's got this one robe bump in front of him. That's dust. That that's gold dust. And I think the story they're telling it doesn't look like it doesn't look like Randy's taking him seriously enough mm. at first, but then. Within two, three minutes of that match, you get the old gold dust. You get all those great moves that he used to do. Um, one of my favorite things is when he he, he does a back bump and smacks you. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, so, it's uh, so smooth. His his strikes are like anybody else. And him and Randy in the ring, Randy, you and I have discussed a billion times, is one of the best in-ring workers of the last 20 years. Absolutely. So the so to put him and Randy in the ring together, it was magic. It was gold. It really the, was. This match being in Toronto also, I think, really elevated it because the crowd was, I think, extra amped up for Goldust because he's always been really over in this market. 100%. And the fact that it was his return in Toronto, I think, elevates this match to the next level as well. But yeah, this is a phenomenal match. My number, my number five, we're staying in the same year, 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be Cody and uh, Cody and um, Goldust teamed up quite a bit in 2013, um, leading them to a couple tag titles. Uh, and this is, I believe, shortly after they won their first title together. And it's at um, Hell in the Cell. And we're doing the triple threat match. It's Cody and Goldust versus the Usos versus the Shield, uh, Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. I've actually never seen this match. And I've oh, heard it's phenomenal. That really surprises me. There was a few matches that could have took this place. Okay, there's a there's a one on one match or not one on one match. There's a, there's a there's a straight tag match between them and the Shield that could have made this made this list. There's a straight um, tag match, but it's Cody and Stardust versus the Usos, where they beat Usos for the title. I think that was Elimination Chamber. I'm not sure off the top of my head. This is this is where wrestling gets fuzzy for yeah, me in the I, years. I, I know. Um, so both those matches really could have been on this list, but this match had everything. Um, it was still, you know, face paint Usos, it was still shield, shield, yeah. And Cody and Dust are the it's kind of weird that the tag team champs that they're almost the underdogs in this match, 100% they would be, you, you know what I mean? And they go in and they pull it off. Cody gets a gets, gets a clean victory over Seth Rollins. It's fantastic. It's everything you want to see. And it's one of the things where I'm telling you, man, you watch Goldust in tag teams and he's so good. Uh-huh. He's so intelligent. He's so like, like, I'm really upset with us for not even considering him for that list. 
I have a good deep cut honorable mention after this. So that just okay. triggered it. Yeah. So I, I guess there's not a whole lot that you can contribute to this because you haven't seen this match, which is very surprising. Um, but I highly suggest you go. It's only like a 14-minute match, man. Mm-hmm. So I, I highly suggest you go and check it out. It's on YouTube. Yeah, I actually, I, I was researching some matches and I looked at a lot of lists and I saw this match on it. It was on my, I wanted to watch it this week, but I had no time this week. So I did not watch it. Well, this match, my number five uh, is a is 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 Goldust retaining the tag team championships. Where my number four is him winning the tag team championships. We're going all the way back to 1991, and it is the natural Dustin Rhodes and his mystery partner, oh Steamboat Ricky that Dragon Steamboat versus the Enforcers Larry Sabisco and Arn Anderson. Okay. Um, I believe this was Clash of the Champions. I believe so. Yeah. Um, I rewatched this match about a week ago, and I absolutely fucking adore this match. Um, I have a question for you, because this is this is your era. This is where you, you know, this is where things aren't fuzzy for you. You remember things that I cannot remember. So I have a question for you. Why was Barry written out of this? I know he had, he had, he had a shoot, he had a, uh, a kayfabe injury, like, 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 uh, Arn smash or uh, the Sabisco smashed his hand in the in the car door, and then he apparently had constructive surgery on his arm. But why was Barry written out of this, and why was Ricky in this match? Do you remember? Uh, I don't. I I would assume it was a sh- a shoot injury. It would be my guess, but I I couldn't maybe tell. You're right. you. Maybe maybe it wasn't, and maybe they they injured or, his arm. The the only reason I always thought it was think- a only reason I thought it was kayfabe is because after they broke his arm in kayfabe, he had two more matches. Okay. So I always um, assumed it was just a kayfabe thing that they wouldn't make him keep working. I, I but don't it, remember but the it was time 91, period. So. Barry turned heel on Dustin at some point. But I think that would have been later. I think that would have been the end of 92. Later. Yeah. Because they were later. on the same team in war games. Yeah. Yeah, I think he turned him at the end of 92. So, no, I, I couldn't tell you, uh, but what a way to bring Steamboat back to the company. Right. And it was <laughs> and very... So I love, I love this because he uh, Barry says, I want to introduce my replacement. And this 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 mysterious figure comes out wearing this giant fucking uh, dragon mask. Well, it's a throwback to and... 89, right? That's how oh, Steamboat... I never even thought of that, yeah. Eddie, when Eddie Gilbert brought Steamboat yeah. back to, and they took on Flair. And I love it. I think it was, I want to say it might have been Jim Ross, possibly Tony Schiavone. Yeah, it was Jim uh, Ross co- for sure. On, on uh, one of those two on commentary says, you know, it could be a Japanese guy under that under that mask. And so they're really trying to throw you off, right? But then you get there, he pulls the mask off. They 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 didn't pull a carry Von Eric, which is which is <laughs> great. <laughs> um, but. Uh, what are your memories of this match? Does this match in your in your mind? Does this match uh, oh, God. deserve my number four, my number four spot? I have not watched this match in probably twenty something years. Do yourself a favor and go watch it, man. It is I, so I couldn't, good. I couldn't tell you. I Listen, remember the angle. remember what I just said. Remember what I just said about Dustin and Orton. Now put Dustin and Arn. And yeah. this is this is Arn. This is 1991. Arn Anderson, Dustin, and Arn always had great chemistry together. You know, always. When Ricky Steamboat 
is the third best wrestler in a match. <laughs> you, you, you got something going, you know? The Enforcers were a great tag team. Also. They were. I, um, all right. Here's a question for you, and I know the answer, but I'm going to ask anyways. Enforcers or Brain Busters? Oh, fuck. Brain Busters. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone who says the Enforcers can just turn this show off right now and unsubscribe. <laughs> I will take the unsubscribe on the YouTube page. I love me some Larry Z. I do. I do too, but come on, Tully, third best <laughs> horseman. Hmm. You're fired. Um, yeah, do yourself a favor. Go watch this match again. It's really, really fun. It's uh, when I say fun, Dawson's having fun. Ricky's having fun. You know, on a sidebar you know I mean? too, we're talking about the tag team wrestlers, and you asked me the brain busters or the enforcers. You know who Arn's best tag team partner was, right? Paul Roma. Fucking hate you. All right. Thank this you, Sean Gibson. I will never not use this is, that. This is why we can't be friends. Why? He's Paul Roma replaced Tully and the Horseman, so that means he's oh, got to be better than Tully, right? I hate you so much. Okay, I can't say that with a straight face. I tried. <laughs> I tried really hard. Uh, I will oh. go back and rewatch this one. Actually, I love this time period of, of WCW. I think it was uh, like it, it's probably in my top five favorite time periods in wrestling. Well, I know for a fact. You watched my number three. Okay. You've watched this probably more than once. Okay. And this is my favorite time period in wrestling. We're going we're going to 1997, my baby. Canadian Stampede. Canadian Stampede. All right. I was really worried that you're gonna make this your number one. No, um, I think number three is no, uh, especially when I tell you what two and one are. I know I think I, number th- I think I number three is I have to know what your two and one are, but the, the, I, I think number three is the perfect spot for this. I will tell you, I have a slight problem with this as your number three. If you say that Dustin doesn't pull his weight in this match, I'm going to slap you. It's not that he doesn't pull his weight in this match. I Dustin, think everybody looked great in this match. Absolutely. Every competitor looked great in this match. Absolutely. And that's so hard in a match like this. But this match is so well booked. My problem with it is. When you go back and and talk about this match and think about this match, you're right. Goldust is the last person that comes to mind in this match, and like I I would I, go Shamrock, but yeah, I yeah, okay, well, flip a coin, right? <laughs> I, I get what you're but, saying. I mean, like I can't remember. I know Goldust was awesome in this match because he's always awesome. But if you're talking about like this, would be on my list. I think it would just be higher. Just because it's not like I don't immediately be like this is a gold dust match, but this is the third best match on this list. Yeah, I, I, from a, from a match, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like I yeah. get it, I get it from a match standpoint, but it doesn't like gold dust doesn't get the shine in this match. You know and what I mean? Originally, I, I had a feeling that that, that that might be your argument. I thought you'd be like, yeah, it's a great match, but it's not a great gold dust match. And I disagree because everybody, even Ken Shamrock, yeah. even Jim Neidhart, even everybody, oh, yeah. they, they everybody shined in this match. Uh, they give everybody like their moments, but like Golden. There's it's, very it's very rare that a multi-man match like this, everybody gets their shit in. Yeah, I get it. You know? I get it. I, I think I would just because like so what? It's, this is like your number five or number six, or yeah, I think so. And wow, 
But okay. the match, but like the match is better than all those matches. Yes, but it, they are. It but is, we're honoring yeah. Dustin and Goldust today, and and he Oof. should be very proud of this match and his performance in it. But it just Did... it's not like to me. I want him to be more of the focal point, like to be this high on the list. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm not sure how you're going to feel about my number two. I think I'm going to um, love your number two if I know what it is. Well, if you thought we were done talking about Dustin Rhodes and Steve Austin in multi-man matches, you're yeah, fucking... This is, this is, exactly, <laughs> you're, you're this is wrong. exactly where this match should be, by the way. We're going to 1992? 92. Two, yeah? Yeah. We, it's Sting's squadron versus the Dangerous Alliance. Uh, I believe it was Wrestle War. Wrestle War 92. Yeah, the, yeah. I would say the second best War Games match in the history of War Games. A lot of people call it the best. I agree. I a just lot I'm, of people I'm, call it I'm the just best. such a sucker for that you first love one. The first one. I know yeah, you do. And but this is a this damn is good very match. highly regarded as the best War Games match ever. Um, if you haven't seen it, ladies and gentlemen, go do yourself a favor, sit under the learning tree of uh of War Games matches and watch this match. Mm-hmm. On on the face side, you got Sting Squadron. You got the Captain Sting, Ricky Steamboat, Barry uh, um, Wyndham. Wyndham, thank you. I I was having <laughs> I, I was having that Tourette's moment. Uh, uh, Barry Wyndham, um, Nikita Koloff, and Dustin and Dustin Rhodes. Uh-huh. That's a strong face team. Hell yeah! Then you got the Dangerous Lions. That's that's Polly and his boys. Taking on Rick Rude, Steve Austin, Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton, and Larry Sabisco. Fuck, man. <laughs> so do you want to know why I agree with this being your number two, but not Stampede being your number so, three? So you think that Dustin shined harder in this than, than he did in three? And I agree he did, but not by that degree. Well, let me not, ask you let me ask you a question. Who started yeah. the match? Yes, but who bled like a stuck pig oh. the whole match. Okay, you know what? If you go back to what you said before, Dustin when you, when, shines when, when in you, this match. When you're done, when you're done watching Canadian Stampede, do you think about Goldust? And the answer is no. When you're done watching Wrestle War, do you think of Dustin Rhodes? And yes. the answer is yes. Absolutely. And that yeah. that's kind of my and that point is why it is, and that is why it is a, it is in a better spot than Stampede. I'm going to stick to Stampede being in my number three spot. I but, respect it. I respect it. I'm not going to give you a hard time about it. This match is highly deserving. This match was this close to being my number one. Yeah, it just this couldn't. It just couldn't be. And but I, I, I get you're it. smart enough to know what my number one is. I hope so. Uh, um, but this match was was was, you know, it, it was inching towards her because this is the quintessential War Games match. This but, is. In so 1992, this, this is violent. This is this. It's great storytelling. It's um, it's the culmination, really, of the story we were talking about from my 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 number four. Huh? You know, uh, uh, Steamboat and Dustin versus uh, uh, the Enforcers. Mm-hmm. Th- th- this is really the blow off to all that, right? Well, and there's so much good, like deep storytelling in this too, like Nikita and Sting at odds and. They have their moment, and yeah, former guest of the show, Nikita Koloff, mm-hmm. might I add. Yeah, I I agree with this. This is exactly where I had it as well. Your number one, I'm pretty sure I know what it is, and once it is, I have a comment to make about it once I hear my, it officially. My number one, I slept on because I didn't watch it for probably a year 
after it happened. Uh, I heard it was great, but I probably maybe even two years. I heard it was great, but I just didn't care enough about this promotion to, to watch it. And once I watched it, I'm like, this might be the best thing Dustin's ever done. And of course, we're going to 2019, double or nothing. And it's Cody versus Dustin Rhodes. So basically what you're saying is you only like Dustin Road matches when he bleeds half to death. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, this is hey, the- he was a good, let's, 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 let's call a spade a spade here. He's a great bleeder. How the percent he is. He's um, like, if we, if we do a, if we do a, like a, a list of great bleeders, he's up there with Rick. He's up there with Dusty. He's up yeah. there with, you know what I mean? hundred percent. He's He's up there. This is uh this is a phenomenal match. This is the only choice for number one, as far as I'm concerned. It is. His... I looked at five other lists. Nobody didn't have this as their number one. Yeah, and this Nobody. is this is like you just take the whole story together. I really enjoyed the build for it as well because they didn't have TV at this time yeah. either, right? No, so it was built on YouTube. Brandy, I remember, was pissed about it. Cody was like, "I have to have this match." And this was Dustin's first match, I think, after being released from WWE. I think so, yeah. And, man, what an emotional story these guys told. 100%, both in the promos and in the match itself, right and, until the and right until the, the, pro, the promo after the match. And I but know, like, like, I know that this match meant a lot to these guys because they tried course. to do this program in WWE and they wanted it to build to a WrestleMania match and they... Pulled the curtain under it, out of it after a less than stellar fast lane match the month before WrestleMania, mm-hmm. and this was like I, I think they both had a chip on their shoulder coming into this, but not to mention like they're brothers, they love each other. This was like you know a story for their father to watch and looking down at them, you know what I mean? And yep, yeah, this was beautiful, and the post match was beautiful, great stuff. All right, man, that's my seven. Okay, you have one that I think should be on your list that isn't. I have a feeling I know what it is. All right. I, and I'm i sure it's, yeah, what do you think it is? It, it, it was an honorable mention for sure. It got squeaked out because of the WrestleMania. I, I decided the WrestleMania decided deserved a spot. Is it Dragon? Nope. Oh, okay. It's actually um, um, Battleground tag match. Against who? The Shield. With dusty oh. in their with dusty in their corner. Do I have that? Is that one of the ones on my? Yeah, that's on my honorable mentions. I, that when I told you when I told you earlier, it was like that match or the match with Usos or, or that triple threat match. Uh, the triple threat match won out. I would have found a place for this on my list because of the emotion behind know, it. I would I would really like you to go watch that uh, triple threat <laughs> match and and then decide if which one deserves to be on the list. I, I would maybe bump and I'd have to rewatch all these matches before I say this again, but I might think about bumping that enforcers match for it. And I have to watch that match again. It's been a long you time really since do, I've watched it. So good. But I mean, just having like dusty Cody and Dustin and having that moment, like it's mm-hmm. a huge match in Dustin's career. And I think that it should be on the list. But other than that, I, I like your list a lot, actually. I have a couple um I have one mentions. I have one deep cut, and that's all yep. I have. Okay. Yeah, you you go in yours and see if uh, let's see if you have mine. That that match you just mentioned was it was an honorable mention. I already mentioned the match with the Usos. I believe it was an elimination chamber. Um 
his match with Brian Danielson at uh, on a on a taping of uh, Dynamite uh-huh. was a, was in big contention. Um, this is going to sound weird. It didn't make the list, obviously, but his performance in the 2018 Royal Rumble, yeah, absolutely, garnered an honorable mention. I'm fair. I'm okay with that. Um. I thought I had more than that, but that's all I have written down. I have one. I, I don't think it would have made my list. Oh, I, oh, um, Razor Ramon. Sorry, uh, he had a great uh, match. Six Rumble. Yeah, 90, yeah. I would think about trying to put that on two big matches in his career, winning the IC title, but I wouldn't fight for it either. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's own, between if it's between him and Razor and him and Roddy, Roddy's I'm picking Roddy. Roddy. I'm picking yeah. Roddy as well. Uh, my deep cut honorable mention is from SummerSlam 2002. Him and Booker T versus Christian and Lance Storm. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely banger of a tag match. Good call. Great match. Absolutely banger of a tag match. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be able to do that because I, I think I have a good streak going where I've never put Booker T on any of my lists, and I kind of want to keep it that way. That's fair, sucker. <laughs> I call um, that the I call that the Ryback list. The Ryback list. Yeah. Guys I, I gotta, will never be on my list. I gotta say, um, I give you 98%. I, I'm in agreement with your list. Maybe a couple things I would have tweaked. I, I probably would have tried to tweak a match or two. Yeah. But I have to rewatch a couple matches before I can confidently say that. Have you watched that match with Randy uh, in a while, too? I, it's while, been a long time since I while watched you're re- that. While you're rewatching matches, go check that out. It's, yeah, I would. Really like, good. if I'm looking at importance of his career, like important career moments, 96 Rumble would, it would yeah. fight. I don't think it would make it. But it would be it would be close. Yeah. But that tag match with uh, with Dusty, I think I I just think I'll that, have to go and, I'll have to go and rewatch that. But yeah, I just think like the not even if the match isn't as good as the 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 six the the three way tag match, just the moment of like the embracing after and and sharing that family moment is that that goes for a lot for me. Before we take it home, I have a question for you. Yes. Rumor has it there's. Not a whole lot of time left on um, uh, Dustin's contract in AEW. What's next for Dustin Rhodes? Uh, I think uh, uh, an appearance, a, a very short run in WWE, and then retired. He he said he's ready oh. to retire. Hall of Fame. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I would. I, I think he. I think he has his last match ever in the WWE. I, I would think, hope so. I think we see one more Gold Dust match. I would love that. Something with Cody, I think. Something like, something with Cody, either against him or in a tag team. I don't really care. Yeah, yeah. or have have a heel layout Cody, you know what I mean? Or layout Dustin and, and build to a Cody match. Like something. I haven't I have another weird I don't even know if I could call an honorable mention, but there's another match that I saw on somebody else's list that um I had I'm like, really? I went and watched it. Honorable mention, maybe definitely not making my list, but I I guess if you watched it. Have you seen this this match with him and QT Marshall versus the Blade and the Butcher? No, I've I actually saw the same list too, and I was like, I'm not watching this. Match. It's actually pretty good, is it? <laughs> yeah, QT Marshall back with AEW also. I'm not a fan of QT Marshall. I never was until I saw him live at AEW, and he was phenomenal. Yeah, but he I've also, always he, liked the Butcher and the I've always liked the Butcher and the Blade though. He told me off though, so I got heat with him. <laughs> I also, I also, in all so, in all so, fairness. So did, so did Paul Bear though. So the, the, there's fair. a list. Well, in all fairness to QT Marshall, 
I asked him who won his match because I told him that I got up to take a shit instead of watching his match. You're an idiot. It's a great line. Got a big pop from our section. And he responded <laughs> to it. Well, you're That's an like... idiot. You missed the best match of the card, buddy. That's great. <laughs> yeah, he was phenomenal live. What a great live performer, Q2 Marshalls. Well, what a career. What a performer. Um, do you have anything else to say before we take this home? Ah, big, big, big fan of Dustin Rhodes and Gold Dust. Uh, I really liked like the early promos he would do where he would do the movie quote and then quote the year in the movie. Those early vignettes they're phenomenal were, were so good. So good. That was like 96 one like is one of my favorite years for vignettes alone. The razor vignettes. I guess the razor vignettes were no, they would have been ninety two. They would have been ninety two, man. Well, he, just... he did. He was doing something ninety five too, but ninety two no, were the he, good. No, ninety two no, he... was when he did his debut vignettes. Yeah, the debut vignettes. Yeah, what but vignettes uh, did he do in ninety five? I, I remember there. I remember, I remember there being some vignettes in ninety five. No, you're smoking. Go, those, you're smoking those I'm, funny I'm, cigarettes, man. I might be, but <laughs> but yeah, but but look, like the triple the the uh, again Triple H might be ninety five as well. Triple H would have been nineties. All of these are all. Oh, the oh, sorry, the vignettes. I thought you'd been his matches with Goldust. Yeah, no, 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 no. His de- his debut vignettes. Yeah, they were ninety. You know what? And Goldust would have been ninety five as well. Yeah. So these are all. So 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 screw what I said about ninety six. Ninety five vignettes are where it's at. Some great vignettes, and ninety two. Ninety two vignettes are great. Ninety two. Ninety two in wrestling is great. Are you okay over there? I love wrestling. Me too. Wrestling's so good right now. 1991 to 1998 just makes me so happy. <laughs> oh my god. Now, really what's in your, what was in your drink that you had tonight? Oh, nothing. Nothing don't out of the ordinary. Don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> on uh, behalf of a legendary career. Can we say I don't on... know why I don't know why we're acting like he's uh like he's retiring, but what what do you say? On, can we say on behalf of a list that you will never forget the name of? <laughs> well, I will never forget because you didn't shit on it. So yeah, it's a good is, one. This is one of my favorite lists because you you weren't an asshole. But uh, a list that you'll never forget. Tyler? You know what I do that sting thing? That happened when <laughs> you did your breathing. Where you didn't hear it at all? Not a word, not a thing. You not just a thing? like please if you're listening to so this. So you just see me do this for no yeah, reason. If, if yeah. you're listening to this, just take a moment, head over to our YouTube page, hit subscribe <laughs> while you're there, and just watch how stupid Mike looked there. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> I have to clip this. <laughs> you're an asshole. <laughs> well, you will never forget the name of Counted Out. Because you've been counted out. You know, Cheers. Yeah. Cheers.